Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business news podcast from Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Tyler Orton, and today we're going to welcome our guest, Paul LeBain. He is Vice President of Public Finance at DBRS. He's been on the show before, and we're going to be talking about their credit rating for BC and what is really behind this province that is among the highest when it comes to credit ratings, as well as just the state of the economy despite even this kind of precarious political situation that we've been in for going on almost two years. It's interesting. But I want to tell you about one event. It's the 20th anniversary of the Influential Women in Business Awards. That's March 8th at the Fairmont Waterfront Hotel. More details can be found at BIV.com slash events. But let's go ahead and talk about the state of BC finances. And joining us today, it's Paul LeBain. He's Vice President of Public Finance over at DBRS. Paul, great to have you back on the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Okay, so BC, we've had you know a top-performing economy among the provinces for years now, but we do know that things are slowing down. I'm wondering if last month's budget that we received, they're kind of acknowledging that it's more of a steady-as-we-go budget. I wonder if this changes anything from your perspective uh, with regards to maybe potential credit ratings that the province has. So, so BC is one of the strongest credit ratings among the provinces, and it's been consistently so for the better part of the last 20 years. Um, the budget, I wouldn't say it's necessarily status quo. I, I think it's more building on what they've already done. So when the government first came into power in 2017, they laid out a vision with clear priorities. And everything we've seen since then has, has been really building on those and, and whatnot. So this budget continues with many of the same initiatives. And um, if you think back to where we were a year ago or a year and a half ago, they announced all this money for um, housing affordability and such. And they're continuing to implement as we go. Um, this budget, you're right. I think a lot of people in, in my world are concerned about the outlook for the economy in the coming years. Um, right now, things in BC still remain very strong. We're starting to see some moderation. This is in part due to what we saw last year with the introduction of various housing measures, along with the tightening labor market. But still, the outlook for BC is very strong. What is the rating right now, by the way? The rating for BC is AA high at DBRS, uh, and this is our highest rating. Um, most of our provinces range from, I guess, BC at the very highest to the lowest, which would be Newfoundland at single A low. Yeah. And so moving forward, though, I, one of the things that I did note in your guys' notes on the budget, though, is that BC has a systemic underforecasting of revenue. That's an like, interesting thing uh, to think about. I, I'm wondering if that is something that you anticipate continuing on and maybe why that is. Why is the you know, provincial government having a habit of doing that. So, so BC is probably one of the most prudent when it comes to budgeting for the for the, for the government. What, what they do is they they try to build in various layers of prudence into the budget so that at the end of the year, they're not going to be found, you know, wind up short really. So they under forecast the economic growth for the purposes of forecasting revenue. They build in lots of contingencies and, and um, forecast allowance so that they know at the end of the day that there will be enough money to cover all of the expenses. Um, so what we tend to see in BC is that things turn out better than expected for the most part. So when we saw this budget, and most people in my world saw this budget, they saw this rapid growth in debt coming over the next few years and a fairly thin track for surpluses. The thin track for surpluses is what we've become accustomed to for BC, and we see that as a positive. The debt growth, though, we all we all looked at and said, well, it probably won't be nearly as much debt as, as put in this budget because they tend to outperform every year. Right. The other thing that you guys are obviously going to be looking at is maybe stability within the province. Um, you brought it up, though. Uh, housing is a big issue here. And I'm wondering if that is, you know, making you raise some eyebrows just with regards to stability for the economy, especially when even the government is anticipating like a big you know, drop in, say, construction starts moving forward in this province. 
I, I don't know if I'd characterize it as a risk per se. I see it more of as a challenge to the BC economy. So with how high housing prices, the, the, the provinces uh, struggled to attract people from other provinces with these affordability issues. Um, the, the, the outlook for housing, though, I think we all expect eventually that we'll see a kind of a return to normal housing market over the longer term. It'll just take quite a while to get there. Okay. And if we kind of expand beyond the borders of BC, I, I mean, we're performing well, though. And I'm curious what you think of, I guess, other provinces. Uh, Alberta is an easy one to go to because I think there's been a, a lot of, I guess, amped up tension between uh, Alberta and uh, British Columbia in uh, recent, I would say the last year, year and a half, it hasn't been the best of relations. But where do you anticipate, say, a neighbor like ours going forward at this point? So, so I say if, if you look at all the provinces, BC is probably one of the best managed provinces and it has one of the highest credit ratings, one of the most stable credit ratings. And we're not really concerned about BC. If anything, there's probably more upside to BC's rating than downside. If you look across the provinces, um, Alberta's prob- Alberta and Newfoundland are probably the most challenged right now because of the drop in oil prices and, and what's ensued there. Alberta, we have uh, rated AA with a negative trend, so somewhat lower than BC, and it really reflects a, a very strong balance sheet from all those years of strong oil revenues. But we are seeing deterioration in Alberta's credit profile, largely because of large, large operating losses. And the outlook for the economy main, remains challenged given all the, the, the concerns around pipeline access and so forth. So Alberta, there's probably more downside to upside at this point. Um, but it's still one of the strongest ratings. If you look further east, um, it's a real mix. Um, what we're seeing generally is that there's a shift now underway in most provincial governments towards more fiscal responsibility and dealing with some of these longer um, legacy issues. So we see a, sh- a real shift in Ontario. Quebec for the last three, four years has been performing very well from a government finance perspective. Um, so the outlook is definitely changing in most provinces. Um, outside of the oil provinces, things are improving gradually. Um, uh, it's and for that other provinces, those other provinces outside the oil ones, do you think that's just uh, kind of because of different political parties coming in? Do you think it's because I guess that the, the uh, bureaucrats are saying, you know what, look at maybe where global trends are going with regards to economic stability? We need to make sure that we have everything you know buckled down at this point. Why do you think that there is kind of a, an overall trend in other provinces towards this? So I think there's a real mix of factors, and you'd have to look at each province individually. I'd say there's a few things that have happened in recent years. Um, many provinces really struggled to balance their budgets after the Great Recession. And now that they've gone back to a balanced position, it, they're trying to maintain those balanced positions. They've also been benefiting from strong economic growth in much of the country. Even in Atlantic Canada, we've seen strong economic growth in some provinces. So that's part of the reason. There has been a political shift. Um, obviously, I guess if you think about where we were in 2015, um, we were all talking about deficits being okay. We saw taxes being increased. And over the last couple of years, we've seen a shift a bit back um, back the other direction where fiscal responsibility has kind of come to the fore once more. Um, people are concerned about the outlook for the economy. They've been, you know, we're moving more towards the direction of lowering taxes, smaller government. So I think it's a mix of factors, the economics, where we've been in recent years, and just a, a general shift back in political preferences. Okay. You know, I want to go back to one other province uh, you were talking about, though, just with regards to Alberta. And you were talking about kind of the struggles there. Does it speak to maybe the lack of diversity within the ad economy there versus what we do find in British Columbia, where it is a much more diverse economy? Although one that people are concerned about how, I guess, dependent it has proven to be to a certain degree on, say, the real estate industry. So, so BC is probably one of the most diverse economies of among all the provinces. Um, the only other ones that are really div- as diverse would be Manitoba. And I think the big difference between Manitoba and BC is that BC has a much stronger growth trajectory, which is positive. So, you know, we take a step back and we've been concerned about housing in BC for all these years, been the real the real growth driver. But the fundamentals underlying BC our economy are very diversified. And even when the economy pulls back and, you know, broadly internationally, BC 
tends to um, weather the downturns probably the best among all the provinces because of that diversity. So if you think about what happens in a recession, um, you know, the, the commodity sector might be adversely impacted, the dollar drops, but then there's offsetting factors in BC like film and tech and whatnot benefit when the dollar weakens. So BC uh, is probably one of the best to weather that. Alberta's economy is not nearly as diversified as BC, obviously, at least probably half of it's dependent on the oil and gas sector. Um, successive governments have tried to diversify that economy, but it's really difficult to diversify an economy because you need so many subsidies to, you know, shift the natural behavior of people when the, you know, the returns are so high in the oil and gas industry. So, you know, looking across the board um, from a credit perspective, the lack of diversity in, in the oil producing provinces is, is a negative for, from, for, from our perspective because of that volatility it creates, whereas BC's stability is a real positive. So we speak about BC's strengths here. What are some of the challenges that you see moving forward though? There aren't that many challenges moving okay. forward for BC. Um, the biggest ones right now is sustaining growth, and it's really around the labor market and some of the challenges that BC is having in terms of finding people to, to move to BC, and that really stems from an affordability issue, housing issues, that sort of thing. Um, longer term, I think there's still questions about uh, the pace of spending growth in this province. Up till now, we haven't really been concerned. And, you know, when there's a change in government, there's obviously changes in priorities and such. Uh, but spending has been growing relatively quickly over the last number of years, and a lot of these programs aren't the sort that are easy to pull back if there is a downturn. So this is being baked into government. Um, and, and if there is a downturn, and depending on how severe, and it's hard to speculate on what that might look like, um, it could be more difficult for the, the government, a future government to balance the budget quickly. So Maybe my last question for you, though, and this is going more into the political realm, but I think it is something that's still up your alley here. How much do you guys look at the makeup of the government and the fact that BC has a minority government right now propped up by a small party, the Greens, how much of a factor does that come into you guys when giving a rating for stability for uh, provinces here? That's a very good question. Um, I'd, I'd say we, we look at the politics and, and we appreciate that there can be changes in government and changes in priorities. So when we first saw the NDP come in with the, with the support of the Greens, we thought to ourselves, well, we don't, you know, we haven't seen an NDP government in, you know, the better part of two decades in BC, but what we've seen in Manitoba and BC or in Alberta gave us a bit of pause for concern. But then in the back of our minds, we thought, well, it's, it seems a bit tenuous at this point, given how tight that the legislature, uh, the seats in the legislature are. So perhaps we'll wait and see, and it's not a real concern. And what we've actually seen is that it's turned out to be a very cooperative, and I gather a very stable relationship between the two parties, and it hasn't proven that much of a concern. More broadly, though, from you know, if, if you're seeing a, a fairly significant swings back and forth in politics, it does create volatility and uncertainty going forward. But I think I think BC is different from many provinces. I think there's greater consensus in BC across all parties around responsible fiscal policy and so forth. Um, certainly, when you think about what we've seen in Ontario and other provinces. So, even though there was this big shift in well, a you know, a fairly big shift from the Liberals to the NDP, we haven't seen wild changes in how they're managing the government's finances. We've certainly seen a change in tone and direction and what their priorities are. But from a credit or for financial markets perspective, things. Haven't, haven't changed that much. Yeah, it's been balanced budget, balanced budget, balanced budget. And that's still what was going on with the preceding government before that as well. So excellent. Hey, Paul, great to have you back on the program. Thanks very much for having me. That's Paul Abain. He is Vice President of Public Finance at DBRS. And that's it for the show today. But we're going to be back tomorrow. For now, you can find our archives on Apple Podcasts as well as Stitcher. We also encourage you to share with your friends, leave a review as it's going to help others find this podcast. For now, I'm Tyler Orton. Thanks for listening. 